Sounds like AudioCrisp. This is the North End. This is the North End. Welcome to the North End Podcast, where three Canadians and an Englishman talk about English soccer. Hello, fellas. How are you doing today? Good. Ready Holly? to go. So good. Bring me, so good. Bring me football. Luke, you don't look as happy as the rest of us. What's going on, fella? Well, I, I honestly thought the Villa might default a, a, a place in the Premier League. So so now that's come crashing down and, and the realisation that, oh, my life, one of the statistically worst teams on performance base at the end of last season have to play football for their survival. <laughs> Not to knock my own team. And, and, and I am excited. And it's going to be great to see live football, but uh, it is being seen. A lot of the Villa guys, I love the Toronto supporters. Club Brett does a great job, but uh, I think we're we're seemingly forgetting how bad we were playing at the end of last season. There's a lot of hope right now, isn't there? I can see, I can see the fellas thinking that you know, yeah, we got it. We're fine. We're going to get through this. I mean, you you do have a good chance. You know, we we have we, we have do. gone over it. We've talked about it. You have a chance, but you have a it's difficult. Like like you have a chance in that you're at yeah. the higher end of the of the the race, but you've got some difficult games. So that'll yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. We have to hit the ground running. If I were you right now, I would be excited because it is technically a fresh start. And I think you had, is it, did you lose your last five games? You were, I think, on the worst form in the league. So if anything, <laughs> I would be. You have a better chance now, right? It, right? Well, that's, uh, that's, and you're absolutely right. You know, we've got players back. Um, you know, it, it, like it looks good. John McGinn is going to be a huge, huge addition to that team. And, and if we start this, if we start this restart, like we started the original season, I'm, I have no doubt that Villa will survive. It's just, it, you know, when you're in yeah, that no. relegation battle, it literally is how do you come out of the, of the starters gate? Are you going to come out fighting? If we go one or two down in the first 10 minutes, you're just going to see the players going like, oh, shit. And once the heads go, it's going to be interesting. But you know what? I'm excited to see live football, and I'm excited to see, you know, live Premier League back. football. Let's, yeah, be, let's yeah. be honest; it's Premier League football because it's like it's it, all the storylines we know and love. They're all the detail, all the things we like about the Premier League are back. That's what is arguably, I mean, one of the things missing, other than defense, with the Bundesliga, is that it's it's our it's our league. We know the players, we know the the storylines, and, and the the drama. And there's more more drama to come. I'm guessing in the in the last nine games of the season. Yeah, I'd it's gonna be so. fun. Yeah, it's gonna be here's, fun. Here's hoping. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the defenses aren't as bad, or maybe that's a good thing. We'll just get a lot of goals. It'll be fun to watch. I'm pumped. Some big games right at the gates, too, boys. Holy! Yeah, the first uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow we have uh, Villa and or is that yeah? Is that tomorrow or is that Friday? The Villa Sheffield game. That's tomorrow, and then yeah, and then Arsenal City. What do you guys think about uh, the games tomorrow? Should we should we get into that now, Polly, or do you do you want to uh, lead lead us into something else first? Um, I think it's probably best if we approach it slightly different than getting straight into the games. Um, so hard, man. I'm like dying. No, just I know. About I know. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of things in the news probably worth mentioning before we dive into uh, what will be, let's face it, a little bit back to normal for our pod, at least where we can start actually previewing games and talking about what we're looking forward to seeing and then digesting those games and talking about what we saw. Um, but some stuff in the news I thought it would be worth mentioning. Um, this Rashford kid from Man United, uh, hasn't started playing yet. This is not a football, uh, thing per se. It's more of a human thing. This guy is a class act and has been class the entire COVID outbreak. He has. The, the most recent thing he's done is he's written a letter to the government, basically demanding politely that they reinstate a program that he himself benefited from when he was a kid. And that's some sort of lunch support for yeah, uh, it's free, it's free lunches for, for students. Yeah. Yeah. And really because healthy lunches as well. For many kids like himself, when he was a kid, he, his family depended on that, that government support meal. So he wrote a letter. Um, it was basically shot down, but then it, became clear that this this kid was doing this really generous act with his time and that he's probably donated tons of money and that's a rumor um so the government have reversed it and it looks like he's he's won the good fight and everybody in the uk and all the all the premier league teams including liverpool are applauding him for his effort so if if you don't already love him uh just a class class human being 
Yeah, well, not great, actually, man. not everyone is applauding him. Um, everyone should be applauding him. I, just you guys probably don't know. There's, there's, there's. She can only be described as a leech. Oh, I uh, saw it earlier today. Yeah, Katie Hopkins. So Katie Hopkins is just. She's just the worst human being out of the UK. And she just, she comes out, she's made some horrendous comments about child's names, about uh, ethnicity. Like she's just the worst. And she responded to him on Twitter today. And I have to just tell you this. She said, dear Marcus Rashford, do you think women should think about how they're going to feed a child before they decide to have it? So in the back of this guy did incredible work. This, this slug decides to crawl out and say that. That's so, vile, man. Did you see and his you- response? No, I don't believe it's a real oh, response. Oh, buddy. I thought it was. He just goes, dear whatever her name was, Katie Hopkins, fuck you. Sincerely, Marcus Rashford, or fuck off. One of the it two. It was fuck off, but I yeah. don't think it's real. I think I don't think he's actually responded. I think that's just floating it's a fake around. account probably. Yeah. Yeah, somebody's oh, I'm wrong. I thought it was his account. I hope he I mean, has. It probably looks like it's his account. If he did... Yeah, play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right now. I like him even more if that's the case. Yeah, like, yeah. But it is a fantastic thing, and and you know he's he's talked about the help he got at a young age. So fair play to him. I, I think he should be honoured um, in the in the next Queen's Honour list. Yeah, I mean Sir, Sir Marcus Rashford, basically, right? That's you know he deserves it. He's raised like twenty plus million during the during COVID. While while some of his his co England stars are out having multiple stripper orgies, he's raising money for underprivileged children. <laughs> it's quite a difference isn't there? Luke, they're called Sorry, escorts. Get it right. Uh, well, it's basically how I would be and how Connie would be. You know, the, the, the yin and the yang of this podcast. Correct. That's a show. I think that's kind of how Connie's been. No, 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 no. I keep trying to, I'm always just like, hey man, what are you doing tonight? He's always out. And I think he's out with he's escorts. He's always busy. <laughs> All right, any uh, any any other updates fellas that we want to get into before we talk about some of the uh, some of the other things on the agenda? Yeah, I just looked up Katie Hopkins and I think she's a British Karen. Oh, she's, oh, she's totally she, she, she once was on a TV talking about how stupid um, someone's kid's name was and how, I think it was one of the Beckhams, and it was like, you shouldn't pick a, a location for a kid's name. And the presenter turned to her and was like, but your child is called India. And she's like, yeah, no, but India, it's not really a location. It's, it's, a city. it's like, it's, it's the fucking biggest country in the world population wise. What are you talking about? She's incredible. She's incredible. She's just, she's just a snake. She's a really horrible individual. And I don't know how she started, but the fact we even give her a platform is, is, is painful. Like well, we're doing right now. So let, let's move on. Yeah, well, I've already started following her on Twitter. Um, we gave her too much so, attention already. Yeah. Also in the news, uh, Bayern Munich, unsurprisingly, yes. locking up the Bundesliga. Is anybody surprised? Was this a foregone conclusion when the season started? Uh, I, I never really bought into the hype that there was anybody else in this race besides Bayern Munich, but uh, many did. It's a weird league, that league. Um, and I think I can tell you, I, I like Bayern Munich to to really go for the Champions League this year as well. They, they won that league and they look so good at the end there. And uh, Lewandowski with 45 goals, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. As an end of the season tally. And he's not even there yet. Uh, but if you look into the, if you look at, if you watch any of those games and you watch those defenses, I'm not that surprised. Yeah. No, <laughs> not that surprised. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you still got to put them away, but. I got to say special shout out to our Canadian fella, the young man out there, uh, oh, Mr. Alfonso Davies. Yeah, he so off today. He said, oh, uh, he set a record today for the fastest clock time in a Bundesliga game at 35 wow. kilometers an hour. Yeah, he's fast. He's so fast. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know Good if you it last Alfonso Davies. They had a top 10, like who's like the most expensive, like player, like the value in the world. Like he, he, Messi and Ronaldo weren't even on there, and like Davies was like number seven or like eight or nine. Like he's well, over, he, he's getting recognized worldwide for being a talent. He has no, to be. Sure. Yeah. The next Gareth Bale, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a good time to be a Canadian fan. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's, a big, other, that's a big shot. The next Gareth Bale. Ooh, yeah, I don't from, know. yeah, a, a, a player, a really good player, playing in left back. Or right back was he play? Uh, who will eventually be a forward who will take over some sort of big team or bigger team and, and score a ton of goals. Yeah, he's going to do a similar thing to what Bale did. Who you will never that's see in a major true. international tournament because he plays for a country that's too small for on the world stage. Yeah. 
Yeah. Unless he like takes Canada like he did Spurs and just wins games anyway, like Bale did Spurs. That would be nice. Uh, Speaking of Bundesliga, I thought it it would be worthwhile to have a quick discussion because they're the only COVID football that we've really seen. And I think we could probably start setting our expectations for what we're going to see from the Premier League restart from what we've seen over the last few weeks at Bundesliga. Um, Things I've particularly noticed is that it's really weird and foreign to watch a game with no like crowds at all. But some of those games have started piping in crowd noise and I really think it made a difference. And I I believe the Premier League will be doing the same, which I think is is going to make a, a really big impact. I think so, too. You know what? I think it'll make a big impact on the players, but also, obviously, the broadcast. Like, you've got... You're, what you're doing, I think, is giving... The, it's going to sound the same, and and it's that's that sound for the players and for the for the audience will will help a lot. If you just when you hear people sort of talking, and you hear them like talking to each other, or swearing or, or yelling, or the coaches yelling, if that's when it sounds like it's training. You know, like if you can get that out of there, and there's just noise, then it's like, oh, this is like watching regular football now. Yeah, I, I hate I hated that you could hear a pin drop version of it, yeah. but as soon as I couldn't hear the ball being kicked anymore because it was echoing through the stadium, but I heard crowd even if it was just recorded my mind focused on the ball and and everything else kind of went to normal and i only really started realizing how weird that was when i started looking at this the stand specifically like if there was a throw-in or something i was like oh shit like i forgot that that's an empty stadium but it was a good trick of the mind so do we know if they're trying that right off the bat as in tomorrow I think that I, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know that Spurs are definitely going to be doing it. I, that, that, that there's an article I read about that for the uh, for the Man U game. So um, we will see it. Right? Well. I think what you'll see is teams who have the facilities to do it really well will probably do it and will take advantage of you know the sound systems they have and the the other AV uh, the, the the screening screens and stuff. I mean, Spurs got like the two biggest screens in in Europe that they put in the new stadium, so they're gonna they're gonna use them obviously, and that's whatever advantage they can. So uh, Villa Villa have got a pretty good pretty big stadium as well. They've got a lot of the infrastructure in there. Old Trafford, you said I'm not sure that they have any big screens up in the air, but I'm sure that they have ways of of um, for Screen audio, I, I think most stadiums are planning on pipe typing in the audio. Pipe in the audio, yeah. A lot of clubs, and why Brian's probably talking about the video portion the, of this, is a lot of clubs bit, yeah. are, are doing these Zoom screens on the sidelines or, or toying with it where fans can watch the game from a Zoom seat on the sidelines and their face can be depicted on the sidelines. Like Man United uh, announced yesterday they're going to try doing that. Tottenham, I believe, are trying to do that. Um, I think some of our, our fellows in the Aston Villa Toronto uh, club are, are are already locked in to be doing that at Aston Villa, which is amazing. Three or five. We've got the most of, of anyone in the world, actually, coming from the Toronto Supporters Club. But I, they're going to put them on the screen. And I, I, I asked Brett. I think it would be funny if Brett got his ass out. Even if it does get us banned, I think it would be worthwhile. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, he, 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 he doesn't seem to be picking up on that. So That would be hilarious. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I think it'll but depend it, on the score. Yeah, it will. It's, I, I will say one thing. It's it's incredible, you know, how much this means for us. And I think we have to just pause and realize that it, it is a huge thing. Like um, Brett organized a little whip round and we actually sent our supporters club flag to Villa Park. They asked last minute, a ton of um, supporters clubs around North America and Europe have done it. So they've, they've put them up. So when the players are playing, at least there's some form of presence and people wanted to do that. You know, it's and, and it, it wasn't cheap. You know, to post a flag to, to the UK in time was like $130. But, you know, to have some form of presence, this is what this is what this means to these kind of fans. It's why it's why for me there's there's no sport like like football. It's it's untouched. I hope Jack Grealish sees that specifically and points to it and says, This is for you, Brett. This is for he, you, Toronto. He should. He should. He's got the same haircut at the moment. Brett's hair is, is out. I just saw him not too long ago, and it's he's got a he's got one of the old uh, what is it um something angel angel made this yeah it's some kind of name for the band. I can't remember. Shall it's we something. get into these games tomorrow? No, not yet. Relax. I'll drive you there. Cool out. <laughs> I want to talk about them. Oh, come Bundesliga. on, let's get into it. <laughs> Bundesliga. Um, 
we could also say that it seemed like the home field advantage initially was not an advantage. So that might be something that we might start seeing in the Premier League. The unpredictability of who's fit, who's firing. Uh, the Bundesliga, for the first three weeks, I think, the home teams were not winning games. And the road teams were, were taking the points, which, you know, who knows if that's going to be depicted in the Premier League. I think it just goes to anything that... Um, there's a, a real significant unpredictable nature to this restart, which is probably a good thing for Aston Villa specifically and other teams that kind of need that, that mix up to maybe take a couple wins off of teams that they usually wouldn't. But uh, I think that's, that's going to be the real fascinating part of this restart is how do these athletes and these clubs and these squads try to hit the ground running because you've only got, nine game weeks to do it so whoever whoever does it the fastest i think those are the ones who are going to pull away the most points but what do you guys think that's going to come down to do you think it's how well the players have been looking after themselves or these training sessions that they've been able to participate in so far it'll be how well they looked after there's, there's no way that what two weeks of three weeks of training think. sessions is, is going yeah it's that'll maybe fine-tune just the back on the ball but i i think I think it will be conditioning is going to be a big part because if Kevin De Bruyne is is a world class player, but if you've seen any pictures of we, as we spoke about, he's come back with some timber on him, and you know he is actually? he going to be able to survive? He already looks like he's about to die every time he plays nineties. It is like I worry that he actually may die this time. So I I think Kevin De Bruyne might have sixty five minutes in him at, at most. So it's going to be interesting. He's going to have a hat trick the first game <laughs> tomorrow. Not a chance. He doesn't need uh-huh. to run that guy. I well, think that, that, no, no. Sorry, I think you'll probably see a little, a little of both. Like I said, I think it'll be some of the teams will have had a reasonably good regimen that they that they maintained throughout the the uh, the COVID break, and then you'll have some of those teams who didn't. But then they'll have maybe have a really good manager or just have tactics, especially with the new setup. You know, the five subs, and there's there's a bunch of different things that can uh, affect what's going to happen in the uh, in in every game. It's just it's like Paul said, it's the unknown. I think it's just going to be it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot, but do you guys think the starting lineups that you would normally expect will look a little bit different because of these training sessions or how well everyone's kept after themselves? Like, will we see really surprise inclusion, like exclusions? Like, I think I think like the second week you'll start to see that. I think the first week you'll you'll see the players you'd expect to play, and then unless there's fitness issues with some of them, um, which we don't have a hundred percent, and then I think you'll start to see them rotate, and that rotation might seem start to seem normal. I think you're absolutely going to see some weirdness when it comes to starting 11s week in week out. Um, there's just too many games, too many fixtures piled on top of each other that that you yeah. can't expect these clubs to rely on their squads. So there are players from Sheffield United, for example, who are already kind of bitching and moaning that the five sub rule will put them at a disadvantage against all the clubs that they're fighting for in that top five race because they don't have five quality subs. Other clubs have better squads than they do, and they're already kind of acknowledging that rule is a disadvantage for our squad, our depth. Yeah. But you could say that for any thinner squad in the league as well. Like you look at somebody like City would be probably be the best example. Nobody benefits from that more than they do. Like they could bring on Mares as their fourth or fifth sub, and he could come on and score a goal and set one up. Like it's that will clearly benefit the deeper squads right. and hurt the thinner ones. But Sheffield United are in a race for top five and no other thinner squad is in that race. So they, they have a kind of a point that they're stacked against their particular race. It's not like they're fighting against relegation or middle of the table. They're, like, they have an actual chance at Europe and that chance will be really hit by this rule. But at the same time, that rule makes absolute sense for the safety of all the exactly. players. If you're going to ask yeah. them all to do this running and at the end of the day, squad depth is just a reality of the, of the game. Like Sheffield United can't complain too much because two extra subs per game. It doesn't make you feel too great. If you're one of the, you know, fourth or fifth uh, choice subs at crystal uh, at Sheffield United and you hear your, your marketing director and your CEO be like, well, it's not fair. We even got the quality players and you start going, Oh fuck! Great. Possibly, possibly the club captain who said it publicly. Yeah, exactly. Like, so that's a, cheers, captain. Nice yeah. one, buddy. Yeah, that's a nice one. Appreciate Actual, that. Lots of comp- confidence being thrown there for the squad. Yeah, exactly. Just the reality so of the situation. A lot of unknowns, and it's certainly not fair for anybody to ask for predictions. But I'm going to ask you guys for predictions. Um, 
three sets of predictions, and then we're going to start talking about individual games. I'm going to start with what I think will be a very interesting race for Golden Boot, specifically because I think that race was not as hot as it could have been, or we were all hoping it could have been before the break. But with the healthy return of a Harry Kane, um, Rashford, who I don't think is really part of this race, but Rashford's back, um, the possibility that uh, Jamie Vardy might actually find his form again. Who do we think at the end of the season will be winning the golden boot now that that race has got a completely different dynamic to it? And the race is, is really tight as it is. Could you just remind us the current uh, positions? Well, Paul, you know, I'm sure that you've got this lined up. You asked the question. I've got, got it right here. I'll, I'll do it. Jamie yeah, I'm Martin. looking at it as well. Yeah, Vardy's <laughs> on 19, Obama Yang on 17, Salah 16, Aguero 16, Danny Ings 15, Rashford 14, Sadio Mane 14, and I'll stop it, Calvert-Lewin, and Jimenez on 13. And I appreciate Any you saying that, knowing that this question was coming, that you did a little bit of research to find out who was the top of the stable, as opposed to bringing it on the phone in front of him. This is fucking Connie. Connie does research. research. <laughs> research. He knew the answer without putting me on the spot. I'm a liar. <laughs> yeah, All well, of this. You know, Banter's back, baby. <laughs> Based on what you did, did um, where, where was Kane? Oh, he's boy. on eleven. Uh, there's yeah, a bunch of them. There's a bunch 11. of them on eleven that are that are like I think there's five of them that are on eleven. So Pookie's in there. Martial yeah. would, uh, yeah. So is Sterling even as well? So yeah, it's. Uh, I but it, no, they're not. I can't see those players getting nine goals in nine games. Now you never know what the defenses could be shit, but you got to look at maybe the top five uh, as realistic. Maybe I mean even say top four. Probably it's going to be those. Who's four. going here? I'll go first. I think uh, probably Aguero. I'd give it to. Fuck. <laughs> you can say the same thing. <laughs> I do kind of want to pick Aguero, but I have a weird kind of feeling about Obamiing as well. But no, I'm going to stick with Aguero because that's my gut. Yeah, so lads, I, I don't know. I, I'm looking at it. Vardy has 19 goals. Leicester haven't got the worst fixture list. I don't know. I, I know we've got Aguero and Bamiyang. The fact that Bamiyang has 17 is the second highest scorer at that Piece of shit Arsenal team. Let's let's call a spade a spade here. It is such a weak <laughs> Arsenal team, and Arteta is going to get spanked. I really think, but I'm going to stick. I'm going. I think Vardy's going to going to do the business. I'm going to have faith in him. That little little bastard. He's he's done Villa a number of times. I'm going to say Vardy's going to peak enough goals. I think he only needs four or five goals, and I think he'll win it with that. I would be worried about Vardy. I mean, Vardy. Like, if he can turn it on, for sure. Uh, but Vardy was scoring goals when statistically he shouldn't have been scoring goals. The chance creation that Leicester were giving him was really low. I think he had one goal in his last 10 or 11 games before the, before the break. But statistically, it wasn't like he was missing opportunities. It, they just weren't being created for him, which is, it's not necessarily on him anymore. It's just the system that they're playing or their ability to create opportunities for him as a striker. I don't know how much that's going to change. But weren't they missing? Paul, weren't they missing in Didi and, and the team was having to adapt because of that? I remember seeing a statistic about how, how big of an inspir- like an influence that guy had in that defensive midfield, allowing the rest of the midfielders like Madison to they were, free up. They were missing in Didi, and I think that broke the flow of that team. But even when Vardy was scoring goals when Ndidi was there, he was doing so on crumbs. Like Nobody was making him anywhere near the amount of chances other forwards were getting he his his shot to goal conversion rate was like it would have been impressive if it was just a shot on net conversion rate let alone a goal so he was just like this phenomenal like statistic phenom at the start of the season and it and it kind of expectedly dried up um and i think Pereira is out for possibly the rest of the season for them and he's kind of an important other key element to their defense and getting the ball forward. So I, I'm of the mind that Aubameyang, uh with a fairly easy schedule for Arsenal, no other significant tournaments to, to monopolize his time, and with kind of a contract year happening, uh, an effort for him to either get into the shop window or for for them to build something around him and make him feel like he'll get bags of goals with the style of play that they're going to be rolling out. I, I see him pulling away, um, but I'm a fan of his. I actually think he's a really good striker. So um, I've, I've actually put like 20 bucks on him and I think the payoff is something like 90. Yeah. Oh, you put 20 on him to win the golden boot. Yeah. Nice. Okay. What's your next one you got? 
this is going to be a bit of a tough one because uh, top four. I think I think I'm almost tempted to say top two and one are done. So top three and four is probably the only real ones I care about. Unless anybody tells me otherwise, Liverpool, Man City finish the top two. So then I really, what I'm asking is who do you think is going to finish in the three and four spot? I'd be tempted to also ask who you think will finish fifth. Um, so I will, because I control this question. So I will. <laughs> three, four, five, three, four, five. All right. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go. <sighs> this is hard. I'm going to go United in third, Chelsea in fourth, and Leicester in fifth. I like it. Third? I think they're going to go on a tear. I think Bruno, Pogba back. I love the pos- I love the positivity from Connie. It's a rare one, fella. I love, love seeing Brian just <laughs> fucking looking you straight in the eye and laughing. He's like, and you know what? You good because it was a bold statement. I it's think. a great statement, Connie. I say, hey, you know what? I think you Leicester gotta- are going to just go on a downward spiral. Because and- for that to happen, United have to go on a tear, certainly. Chelsea have to maintain a really good pace, but Leicester have to completely fold up camp. I have a yeah. weird feeling it's going to happen. Feelings mean nothing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna literally keep it as it is. Yeah. Leicester City. Uh, I, I think it'll Leicester and Chelsea will switch. I think Chelsea will go above Leicester, and I think Leicester will fall off a little bit. But I think it'll still be Chelsea, Leicester, Man U in the in those three spots. I'm shocked you're not putting Tottenham in there. I, uh, I, I, do you know what? I think Brian's got a point. I just, I'm just looking at Leicester's fixture list, and I, I think you need guys to consider this for the golden boot as well. Then their first two games back are Watford and Brighton. Okay, Watford were playing, but Brighton haven't kept a clean sheet all season. They didn't. They, I don't think Brighton took a point in 2020. Like they, they have been painfully awful. Bad. So I will agree. I think Leicester will hold. I think Leicester will hold. Oh no! I'm looking at Chelsea though. No, I'm going to say Leicester will hold third. United will take fourth, and Chelsea will finish fifth. I, I think. I think it will be a switch around. I think. I agree with Connie in. I think that United will will definitely pick up some points. Um. But I think we're putting a lot on the fact that Pogba's coming back. There's a, from what I'm reading, Pogba's not even going to start because he's yeah. not fit enough. You know, he hasn't he hasn't played a minute of professional football since November, so that has to be taken into consideration. In two or three weeks' time, um, yes, absolutely. But three weeks is a lot if you don't pick up the results. So I'm saying Leicester will keep up there. Um, United fourth, Chelsea fifth. I, uh, in a weird turn of events, will agree with Luke. I think Leicester have the sixth or seventh hardest or easiest, sorry, easiest schedule. They do. Um, the average position of their opponents is 11.3 in the league. I think Man United is something like 12.3. Um, Chelsea, I suspect we're having a hard time uh, before the break. I don't know that enough will have happened to reinvigorate that squad. Um, I think they've kind of overachieved for what they are, which is a very young team. Um, they've got some returning players. They'll have some depth. I don't expect them to crumble, but I don't think they'll be able to keep pace with what I suspect will be a very strong push from um, Bruno Fernandez-led Man United. Man United with Bruno Fernandez are not a fifth-place team. Statistically, they would have been in the top three race if they had kept that form with him as a player. Um, I how, how, many ga- how many games is that based on? I think it was only something like seven or eight. Right. Um, but Pogba coming back is not the immediate thing that's going to send us into overdrive, but having Pogba even as a bench option or a rotation option initially before we settle in to find out what our best 11 is uh, really helps the squad depth. Um, and I think we maybe edge Chelsea a bit for squad depth right now. Um, they have a lot of young players, but we have a lot of guys who haven't played and they're coming back this season that gives us options. Um, so I think that's probably what I'd like to see happen. I would love to see if Chelsea like collapse even further out of the top five and that Sheffield United had that spot. I'd love to see a Sheffield United top five finish if it didn't cost me my team. Um, but I think realistically, we're looking at a Leicester, Man United, and Chelsea. So just a different order as well, same same three different order. Yeah, and I think 
Thank, thankfully, if Man City's uh, ban holds up, that means all those clubs mentioned are seeing Champions League next season. Okay, so I have a, a question to add to this then. So who do we think gets that, that Europa League spot in sixth if, uh, the, if for the rest of the team? Since we all picked the same top three, we've got Wolves, Sheffield, Spurs, and Arsenal. Out of those four teams, who finishes sixth? Well, I have a bigger question. Is It's the Europa <laughs> League. Who cares? I just answer the question. Oh, okay, you're just, you're not in anything. That's your <laughs> answer. What's that? Are you going to go with Spurs? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I have to look at it. I just wanted to know if you guys could... Uh, well, why don't I like throw Spurs? I think I'm going with like Spurs. I like Spurs' chances. I think they've got the squad for it. I, I think, think probably Sheffield Spurs, United yeah. and Wolves are, are, are not squad rich i think wolves also are in the europa um i think there's other things that they have to concede with that will really stretch their their um their numbers and i think uh spurs are healthy or healthier at the right time and jose will be very pragmatic about what his goal is his goal yeah. will be to finish sixth and that'll yeah. be a win for him it also just depends on how well they can bounce back from their defeat this upcoming friday <laughs> so yeah we'll get into that we'll get into that you know that, what? i'm it's, gonna it's a tasty fixture I'm gonna, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a little faith in uh, in Paul's second love Wolves. They have. Uh, Wol- Let me just read some of their fixtures. They've got West Ham in the first game back, useless. Bournemouth, Villa, uh, Arsenal, Sheffield, Everton, Burnley, Crystal Palace, and Chelsea. That is a very, very simple fixture list. Chelsea They've also got Europa League though, don't they? Pardon? They do. Aren't they, they in do. the Europa League still? But yeah, but that's that's cancelled, isn't it? Is it? Is, uh, did it they is. say it's coming back a hundred? It's not. It's yeah. going to get played as some sort of short tournament, I think, in some capacity. Okay, but I yeah, yeah maybe 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 that's. I don't know issue. when. Well, just throwing it out there. It's yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Wolves. I think Wolves yeah. have got have got some great talent in that team, and I think I think. Uh, um, uh, he's built such a great team there. I, I really, I really think that they're they're going to be a little dark horse on that one because they're in a great position. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't see Sheffield doing anything more. So I'm going to stick with Wolves. Nice, All right. good choice, good choice. So let's let's are we going to get into it then? Let's get into this. Unavoidably, song. Brian, settle <laughs> down. Fuck. The bottom of the table would be the last set of questions, and this is going to be a little bit difficult for some mm. of us. Oh yeah, I guess we got to do it. This is the relegation <laughs> race. Uh, we've talked a lot about relegation uh, on past pods. Uh, I think everybody has their opinions about what's going to happen. Again, we don't know. This is going to be a wild finish. Uh, but I want to hear from you guys who you think the, the relegated bottom three for this league will be. I'm going to go again first. I'm going to go Norwich finishing dead last. I'm going to go Bournemouth finishing second last. And I'm going to go with West Ham being the third team to be relegated. And Watford and Villa and Brighton stay up. I was literally about to say the exact same thing as you were saying it. Yeah. So, Tottenham. Yeah. yeah, I really, I really think that's probably what's going to happen. It's well, it, I might switch West Ham with Brighton. I think Brighton have been very poor. I think uh, yeah. West Ham might have a good enough squad to stay up, but it'll be tight. Um. Paul, <laughs> I think I should probably go last, considering I actually have a horse <laughs> in that race. You're invested. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. What's your uh, what's your thoughts? I just I feel bad saying it. So don't say I, it. Don't I might, say it, you I beautiful, might. beautiful man. Don't fucking say it. Uh, okay, okay, okay. How about this? How about this? Uh, I will say this out loud. I won't pick Aston Villa, although they have the hardest go of it. And if this helps at all, I won't put them in my list to give some positive energy to the world. I don't particularly like Watford's chances of staying up. So I will say Norwich, Bournemouth, and Watford would be my uh, chances to go down team. Um, and I would say the the game tomorrow, Aston Villa, Sheffield United, the chances of you avoiding the drop will start right away from that yeah. game. Yeah. Should we get into that one now, lads, since we're there? I think so. Yeah. And I, I, I would say... Um, uh, just just to take that, I, I think you boys have made some great shouts. I think Brighton, the statistics I was reading about Brighton and, and just kind of how their form has been has been so bad. And Brighton just they just don't look like I don't think they look like a team that deserve to be in the Premier League. West Ham have started to play a bit better. Watford obviously finished strong. I'm gonna say Norwich, Bournemouth, and I'm gonna go Fuck it, I'm gonna go for Watford. I'm gonna go Watford because I, I think they just got a bit lucky. Yeah. I'll stick with there it. There it is. Cool. There it is. All right. Put it on the board. Make it so. 
Let's, let's get into the let's get into the fixtures, lads. Before we do that, can we just quickly mention? Did you read very quickly? Just because I any opportunity oh to to shit on the Newcastle fan supporters club is fantastic. Colin sunning himself at a fucking beautiful cottage. So, um, they had a big big announcement today in regards to their potential takeover. In that the Saudi Arabian government have been found guilty of copyright piracy. Um, so they, they got a massive slap in the wrist and even more has been thrown into the mix now for their, you know, the, the fact that the morality of, of Saudi Arabia owning Newcastle just seems absolutely every day more and more ridiculous. And, and I, but I do feel for Newcastle because I know what Mike Ashley's like. Obviously all these teams are talking about, you know, ha- piping in the fan sound and, and the fans video. Newcastle obviously won't be able to do that because I'm sure Mike Ashley has single-handedly stripped and sold every bit of electrical equipment in that in that place. So I uh, I do feel for them. And I, I do hope they get new ownership, but I think this kind of idea, I maybe they'll find a way through, but that was a great, uh, great bit of news because I don't think that takeover should be allowed. Breaking news, breaking news from Luke you know, yeah. on, on, on location. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, Connie, you gonna uh, you gonna lead us in the uh, in the Buddy, upcoming fixtures, there, fella. The big one, Aston. Is it? Well, maybe it's not the big one, but it's probably the big one on our podcast. It's the first one. It's the first one. So, so there's that Aston Villa at home to Sheffield United. I'm gonna start us off here, guys. I'm going for one each here. Okay. Difficult. Do you guys have a? You, I know these are both promoted teams. Do you guys have a particularly strong really, like a hatred for them? Like last season was a Sheffield United uh, battle for promotion, an intense one. What's the love hate situation with Sheffield United? Well, I think we all love the way they've played football up until the stoppage. They've been the. Uh... Oh, I'm not talking to you, motherfucker. I'm talking to yeah, the Aston Villa. Know what, we want to know oh, what Luke thinks. Sorry, <laughs> I, I don't know for all of us, but yes, I, I'm actually now dying to know the answer to this as well. Um, we. We had quite a rivalry with them last year. Um, they were a very, very good team in the championship. And obviously people are like, well, they didn't spend much, but they've, they've obviously really, really uh, piped back into the beauty of football. So we don't have as big of a rivalry that I know of. Please, any Villa fans, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I, you know, Newcastle, we sent Newcastle down twice over the last 10 years. So that's kind of how that started. And we, we, we kind of really gave them a hard time. And then they gave us a hard time as well when they, when they, they stopped, they came back up and I think they stopped us four, four or five nil. I think Carol got a hat trick. So, um, it's nowhere near, but, but we know that we should be, we should be doing well and we should be putting, um, kind of Sheffield up to, up to, up to that level. But I no, it's nothing, nothing too crazy. So the last game was a 2 nothing win uh, with John Fleck scoring two goals for Sheffield United. I seem to recall that was a game where the scoreline was a bit deceptive. Um, it was. It was not quite open-ended or back and forth by any means, but the scoreline for Sheffield United was certainly a, a bit flattering. Uh, and Fleck's not like the kind of guy, I know he's had a relatively good return for who he is, but two goals in a game was pretty unexpected for everybody. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, that was actually, uh, I think his first big scoring week in the fantasy as well. But um, yeah, I, they're, they're a good team. They play the ball well, they move around the pitch and, and they're very organized. That That's what Sheffield have done well. And that's how they've shocked so many teams. And they are, they're, they're energetic, but you know, will they have that coming back? And now honestly, John McGinn, I know I keep talking, but he's such He's such, it's, it's like an indiddy. It's that kind of the effort and the, the workhorse and the, his ability to break up the play. So I, I'm going to say, I think Villa have got a good chance in this one. And I think, as we said, every game is a cup final. So I'd say we have to, we have to come out and, and, and give, give the best. Here. So I'm going to say two, one Villa. Awesome. Two, one. Yeah. I'm- yeah. I'm oh, refusing ahead, to make a prediction because this to me is the canary down the coal mine game. This is the test where how weird and how unpredictable would this restart be? So I, I won't ever say anything. Then I will be watching this game and I will be channeling my inner Aston Villa fan. I'll definitely have a point of view that I'm going to want to try to enjoy this game as much as possible and cheer for Aston Villa to win. Uh, and that's all I'm really looking forward to. You got to um, pick a score here, man. No, I don't think I have to, man. We haven't we haven't predicted games we in a long time. Dude. Yeah, we're 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 previewing previewing games, not predicting anymore. So yeah, you don't actually have to have a score. Okay. You, you can have your opinion. Uh, <laughs> Poor <laughs> Aston Villa. I did it. Two one Aston Villa. 
Two one, two one, two one. Up the go villa. on, Brian. I, let's let's take a prediction from you. Just, <laughs> even if we just do it for this game, I no, I'll, I'll do a prediction for it for sure. I, I do think Villa is gonna. I think Villa is gonna win this game. I think at home. I know it's not. It's unpredictable, but I think they'll feel comfortable there. You know, the the, the surroundings will will have an effect in the first game. Uh, but it's gonna be really tight. One nil Villa, I would say. But Villa's gonna win. Yeah, having McGinn back, I think, makes a huge difference for them. But we'll see Sheffield. They've been having a great season. It's gonna. It's, I think I'm with Paul. It's gonna be real. I just. I also just really want Sheffield to lose. Yeah, well, they're ahead of us at the moment, so I gotta. You know, I gotta, come on, you come on, Villa. That'll take us into our next game uh, tomorrow, the later game, if you will, and that is Manchester City hosting Arsenal. I'd be shocked if any of the four of us felt any differently about this game. And it really just comes back to squad depth. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd have to go with a city win here, uh, and they're just a better side. Uh, I think, I think it'll be tight, though. I don't think it'll. I don't think City will be flying like they like they were flying just before the the stop. Um, but I think they'll they'll win comfortably. I think it'll 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 be yeah, it'll be an easy. It'll be a training day out for them against Arsenal. I agree. I think you're looking at like a three one ish type thing. Maybe Aubameyang pokes one in, but. Yeah. I don't think Arsenal have been in a situation and they won't be in a situation until the uh, transfer window opens to fix what is a yeah. porous defense. Defense is terrible. Uh, when these guys played each other last, it was 3 nothing at half for Man City and the rest of the game was a fucking cakewalk for them. Uh, so I would say this is probably shaping up to be a pretty comfortable win for Man City if Man City show up healthy and show up fit. Um but that is the like it's going to be a bit redundant to keep saying it, but that is the unexpected of all of this. Um, but I would say, given who these two teams should be on that day, this should be a Man City win. And are we going into the two games on Friday? Give her, man. Let's go. Norwich at home to Southampton. Oh, who knows? Well, when have you been excited to see a Norwich Southampton <laughs> game? I'm like, yeah, bring it on, man. I haven't even paid attention to the to the fourth game. I have to admit, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even have much to say about it. Uh, I think Southampton will win two nothing. I think they started to play a little bit better towards the end of this, uh, just before the break, and um, uh, I think they'll just have they'll they'll be enough to beat Norwich, who are pretty crap. Let's be honest. Yeah, but I think it, I think you can't take away from this game. You've got to realize where we are in the season. These are two teams that that are in that relegation zone. I know that um, Southampton had a bit of a run; they're at thirty-four points. But if everyone around starts picking up a couple of points, Norwich hit the ground running. Win, let's say they win two games. This is a game that Norwich will be going in, going. If we're going to stay up, we have to be. We have to be Southampton. That's We've got to come in. Well. We've got to get a win. So this could be a great game. Could be actually really enjoyable to watch. Um, I think they kind of all will be this weekend because they'll all just be so <laughs> messy. Salivating. There'll be going to be goals everywhere. There's going to be shitty defending. It's going to be. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. <laughs> this will be. This will be one of those games. I think you'll see a lot of a lot of just mistakes and and. Uh, Poor football, but hopefully leads to some good goals. Their first leg was a bit of a razor's edge game. It was a 2-1 win for Southampton, but that game was... um it could have gone either way. It was kind of a classic Norwich performance where they seem to create a lot of opportunities, but nobody seems to put them away. Yeah. It felt like it was a game that they let slip, even though they lost 2-1. Um, so this is not a case of a, a particularly good team in Southampton playing Norwich. This could be one of those games where just the hungrier team, the team that knows they must win, even if it's the first game back, they know they have to win. Um, so I, I, I have no idea what's going to happen here, but this... I, I cannot say enough. How often have I ever been excited to see something as as on paper shitty as Norwich for Southampton? But I'm so <laughs> pumped to see this game. It's gonna it's gonna be a warm up for the wow, for the, af- for the is, afternoon match. I think it's gonna be a nice little uh, palate cleanser for Tottenham Hotspur at home. So is this the the game of the week? 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 week, week, week. <laughs> it's been so long. I forgot we even done that. You could. What the hell's he doing? Toss it up between City and uh, City and Arsenal, but I would say because of the positions that these two teams are in, it's definitely the game of the week. Spurs at home hosting United. <sighs> if we, if, sorry, if we really want to be clear about this, the the Everton derby that will decide a title. Oh yeah. The Liverpool Derby? The Liverpool Derby, sorry, at Everton, has got to be considered. I mean, probably a foregone conclusion. Liverpool are so dominant in that fixture, but a title will be decided on bitter rivals 
stadium. So but are we covering those games today? I mean, just get around. When else would you like to cover them? Well, well we I don't know if wrong. we have time <laughs> at this point. Well, we're well, running out of time. We have enough time. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into this game first. Um, Spurs at home, United. You know what? I have no idea what's going yeah. on in this game. Right. Me neither. Me neither. It's, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to watch my team walk out. Uh, I, I was terrified of this game before the break because uh, United were flying and Spurs were in sh- utter shambles. And uh, obviously, Spurs have gotten a lot of players back, a lot of key players back, like half of their goals in the season, uh, both of those players out. And then obviously missing Sissoko was a a big player who was gone as well. Um, And just not having a striker, not having anybody who can score any goals. So yeah, we were, uh, we were in shambles. And well, that morale might give, Spurs kind of the edge going into this? I think I think it can. Yeah, I think that it certainly can could give them the edge, but it, um sometimes that can backfire too. So, uh it's it, it, like you said, it's so unknown. Um I do think Spurs are going to like come out flying. Um but I whether that whether they can last or whether either team can last. I think United will come out flying as well. I think it'll, I think this game was going to be absolutely cracking. It's going to be both teams just going for it completely. What do you boys think? I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I think those are two very pragmatic managers, and I think both benefit from a point. I think Ole Solskjaer has got a really good record against uh, like top opposition, if you want to call him that. Uh, but he lines up very defensive in those games. I think he has more offensive weapons than he's had all season. I'd love it if he just went fucking wild and said, let's go. Uh, but I kind of feel like first out of the gate, there will be a certain caution from both managers, which may not make the most entertaining affair. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a hard game to predict because uh, either playing against Jose or having Jose as your manager, I've had both those situations. Sometimes what you think is going to be a big fixture ends up being a bit of a snooze. But it, ultimately, it's because the point, the one point that both teams get benefits both teams so i hope it's not the case i'd love to see a, a bunch of goals and get some real open-ended man united tottenham fun but you never yeah, know i mean i i think it'll be i think like you said the pragmatism will be there from both managers but i think you'll still because the, the i think it's been they've been pent up that pent up like intensity is going to just come out i think both both teams are going to play really well and it could be tight but it's still going to be like high level football i think you're going to see some some good stuff I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just so excited to see my club back. Yeah, like, that is the one thing I'm just like I I've missed football. I've got it a little bit from Bundesliga. I'm excited to see Norwich play Southampton of all fucking things. But the fact but that I'm going team. to see my squad and I get to have a mental prediction of who they're going to line up and I get to see who the lineup is and how right or wrong I was and and evaluate how they're playing and and look at Bruno and see how he's fitting into the squad. I'm just so excited to see the boys that. Uh, Honestly, the score, I'd love to see a win, but it's it's almost, it's a second thing to me. It's it's just seeing it played is what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. I want to win. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you, man. No, it's good. It's it's a good show for sure because uh, it really is going to be epic. It's gonna and I'm going to be drunk. It's going to be a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing a Zoom call and I'm going to just throw out a Zoom call. Anybody can join. You can, nice. we can watch it together. Nice. Now, I can list through the rest of the games and I will do it very quickly. Watford at home hosting Leicester. Brighton again take on Arsenal. West Ham and Wolves. Bournemouth Crystal Palace. So some decent uh, games coming up on the weekend. And then Sunday, Newcastle at Sheffield who will be playing again. And then Aston Villa playing their second game of the week slash weekend against Chelsea, which would be a tough one. But I think Paul brings up a really good point. There is a potential title-winning Merseyside derby, and I think that's worth a quick conversation. Yeah, we should uh, we should end on that, absolutely. Totally. Do we think this is the game where they do it at home against, well, I don't want to say they're arch rivals, but right up there with United, Everton, playing in a derby game. I have some weird. I have a weird feeling, and it's just not going to happen. What, what do you? Yeah, think? I kind of feel like it's it's too easy to just walk in and win it. And I think that extra ammunition Ancelotti will have, he'll probably be sowing that message to all his players: play for the badge, play for the town, play for the pride. You don't understand how big a deal it would be to lose to Liverpool and give them the title in the stadium. Whereas I think the Liverpool players are probably dying to get back to it. 
but they're probably also very aware that they've basically won it. Whether it happens this weekend or two weekends from now, they're going to have some sort of virtual parade that will suck. (laughs) That might be enough to give Everton uh, a bit of an edge. Um, And it's not like Liverpool have been playing that well. Like Before the break, they weren't exactly flying high. No, they weren't. They didn't uh, need to be. I, I actually, so it's it's actually they just need to win. I was just trying to add it up in my head, but they just need to win, and that's the league, correct? I don't think I don't think there's a, anything that happens that changes that. I think yeah, I think Liverpool will come out. They've got the depth. I don't think uh, Everton will stop them. I think they'll they'll scrape it. They'll maybe do a one or a two or something, but it, they'll win this week. And there is a likelihood of that, but think about the chance and the slagging off. If you're an Everton fan, like just the sheer pride of them winning their first title in like 30 years. Oh yeah. Everton, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think that adds, that adds definitely something to it, right? It's one of those things you can have as bragging rights, right? Like as the, the club that stopped them was your hometown rivals. And you know, like that's, that's, a, that's what you make songs about, right? That's the point of rivalry. Exactly. So, yeah. So I think that there's a good shot for that. I could see it finishing a draw. I could see like maybe, maybe a one all or a, a two, two, but um, yeah, I don't think, I think it's going to be, uh, I don't think it'll be this week. I think it'll be the following week. But yeah. from there on in, the fixtures come thick and fast. It's going to well, football. Hang on. Up. Hang on. You want to add ju- that? I'm, I'm just starting to realize something that we may want to correct before we put our hat on this. I think if Man City lose to Arsenal, Liverpool can win the league. At I Everton. think so. Oh, right. There's that. Yes. Oh, is I that think, it? That's the only way? I think that's the only way they can win for sure on Sunday is if Man City lose to Arsenal. They're 25 points down. They have nine games remaining, which is a maximum of 27 points. So yeah, you're, you're correct in that thinking. They'd have eight, 24. Yeah. So if, if yeah, you're correct. So if Man City lose to Arsenal, Liverpool already win the league. Right. Or no. Yeah. Okay. Which they, they that's not going to happen. So Everton might just be like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, it doesn't really matter." <laughs> They're just yeah. one step closer. No, no, they, Everton, Everton will always go it. Like any any derby, that's a proper derby, Merseyside derby. It's like it's like a Villa Blues. Like you, oh, you don't. We're very aware one. of your opinion of this particular derby. Yeah, tell yeah. us again about how intense it is. It's a great derby. It's a great derby. I stand by what I said. Okay. Even if I got the score very wrong. Well, like I was saying, boys, the games are coming thick and fast. It's going to be. All the football that we've been wanting and all the football we've been talking about, we're going to get it all. We are, fellas. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. Like I said, I'm going to set up a Zoom. Uh, for some of you, our listeners, you'll you'll probably see it on a WhatsApp, and we'll have uh, as many people that want to watch that game or any game. If you want to set up a Zoom for the uh, Villa game, we should do that as well. But just just watching fucking football for like nine days, ten days straight, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Well. Thank you for listening uh, to the North End Podcast, and we will be back uh, sometime in the near future. This is schedule is going to be super thick, so we'll be we'll be back quickly. We'll and remember to, to update your fantasy teams. Oh, Listen yes, to that hard for the yes. advice. There it is. Hey, there it we is. Plug. We got to plug better, guys. Everyone else is doing it. We're all right, behind. and we're two Bye. Bye. <laughs> Cheers, guys. This is the North End. This is the North.